Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Visit No One Likes Us Clothing for all your Millwall clobber. www.noonelikesus.co.uk Hi, it's Mr. Bye for now from Millwall Football Club, and you're listening to the world famous Actong Millwall. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to something for the weekend, sir. During this already seemingly interminable World Cup break, joining me to chew over the Millwall news and other stuff along the way is our regular co-host of these shows, Mr. Neil Fistler. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hello, mate. How are you going? I'm bored of this World Cup break already, and it's only been going four days. Oh, aren't you? I I, I, I know what you mean. It's um, it's the flattest intro to a tournament that I think I'm, I can remember. I can't think of anything that really compares with it. Um, I was speaking to Jimmy Webb out in Australia uh, the other day. Um, he does a podcast, and he asked if there was, you know, the kind of usual flags being draped from people's windows and cars driving around with the little, uh, you know, uh, aerial flags that people buy. And I, I, I haven't actually seen any. I don't know if listeners have or if you've seen anything down your way, Neil, but it's been very, very flat for such a major tournament. Mate, it's turned into the World Cup of virtue signalling, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> By everybody flying in with bloody planes with rainbow flags and... Now you've got it all kicking off because the Qataris have stopped people drinking at a football match. Anybody would think World War Three's broken out this morning. What with uh, what with the Americans? No Budweiser. Rem- That's the big news. Big news of Mate, the morning, try, isn't it? No. Yeah, I try not to plug the sponsor because they haven't actually <laughs> dished up a couple of quid. But yeah, no, it, it, yeah, but they're going to get more out of this than they will yeah. out of being able to flog the product, mate. It, 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 it's just turned into who can out virtue signal anyone the most. It, what twelve years to be able to prepare for this, and all yeah, but all of a sudden everybody's virtue signaling. Oh, it just makes you sick. It is odd. Um, I was listening. To um, what do I call it? It's a news, new, uh, daily news show. And Piers Morgan was speaking to uh, Emily Maitlis. I think it's called News Agents. And uh, not often that you can find yourself agreeing with what Piers Morgan says in this life, listeners. I don't know about how you, you feel about him, Neil. But um, you know, he he made a similar point. Um, you know, largely speaking, it's a similar point that um, 
they've had years to you know this has not come as a surprise this this Qatar World Cup and it also, it also struck me I mean you know you and I go back a fair way between the pair of us Neil. I mean I'm trying to think of the we've had World Cups played in Russia we've had um highly controversial World Cups played in Brazil where local protests took place and going back still further you know they've been played in places like Mexico which are you know have issues and, and all sorts of things this is not the first Argentina, con, con, yeah. Argentina 78. If you really want to go back a long way, listeners, go back to 1934, which was in fascist Italy. So, you know, it's not the first World Cup to be played under a, a, a governmental system that you and I might not approve of or might not think is perfect, Neil. But as I can't believe I'm going to quote Piers Morgan here, but as Piers said, Show us the the morally clean place in the world where you could have a World Cup because there aren't many of them about in that case. If that's how we're going to judge a tournament, um, I don't know. It's, it's it's certainly a very flat intro to a World Championship. That's that's for sure. I've, I've, nothing like it in my in my time in terms of disinterest. Yeah, I think what also doesn't help is the fact that they've had to shift it to the middle of November. Yeah, so everybody's in club mode, aren't they? And if yeah. you like the wall, you've just come off the back of spanking a team 4-2 up north. Yep, last 20 back. games into the season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but then we don't play for another three weeks. or Well, well we haven't got a league game for three weeks, have we? And, no, we've managed uh, to whittle it down, haven't we, a little bit. But for the most part, it's yeah. four weeks championship terms. Yeah, um, that's right. And it, it just seems... It just seems you're in Millwall mode, aren't you? And now we've got this massive inconvenience because people got paid bucket loads of backhanders by the... the, <laughs> you know, the yeah, no, well, I've written a book on the subject. So uh, Let's plug that book, Neil. What's it called? Where do, where, do, where do readers get hold of it if they want to read it? It's on Amazon and I can't remember the name of it. Oh, uh, <laughs> Qatar 2022, the World Cup, uh, the the tournament that changed the World Cup forever. Uh, but no, all as it was, or well, all as it is, is they were paying bribes on an, on an industrial scale to get this. Yeah. And yeah. the likes of me and you that enjoys watching Millwall play, yeah, and everybody else that support their clubs, we're just deprived of that in the top two divisions because of corruption yeah because of this uh i mean i think what it has done a very good job of is is taking away the sense of the world cup is it should be it's a four yearly event obviously but it should be the pinnacle of the season if you if you like every four years um increasing the euros obviously with their two yearly uh four yearly cycle in the midst of it make a make a regular two-year big tournament um format but you normally look forward to the Euros at the end of the season and you look forward to the World Cup. And this one, I think, has done a great job of taking away that sense of crescendo and, and um, you know, taking away any kind of sense that you're on a, on a bit of a, a the highest platform going here. So um, maybe once the football starts, Neil, I mean, I don't want to get too depressive about the World Cup, but... Um, I think the virtue signalling doesn't help as well because you tend to... No, I... You, I, I, you I, tend to groan. Every, every, yeah, well, every time a sponsor comes out with a bit of virtue signaling to get a bit more publicity, you tend to think, oh, God, can they just not leave it alone? And it's just, 
it's just incessant, isn't it? That's what the woke left are like. It's just this incessant <laughs> bombardment, and uh, they just wear you down. What I would say, with I mean, the whole Budweiser thing has kicked off this morning, listen, as, as Neil and I recalled this. Uh, basically, um, there are no, it's going to be no sales of uh, Bud, uh, beer, Budweiser, because it's the only one that they allow out there uh, for these tournaments. I think within the stadiums, Neil, I think, if I read that, I think That's they will right. sell yeah, it. They're available in fan zones and... Fan zones and, and um, you know, the, 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 the prices that make your eyeballs. I mean, I, I would not... Um, I probably wouldn't be there in the first place if I'm up front with everyone listening. But um, if I was there, I certainly wouldn't be paying... I think I'll raise 15 euros for a, a, a beer. Um, you've got to be desperate for a beer to pay that kind of money. But I went to... to- a semi-final uh, in Germany on a corporate freebie. Portugal, I think, played France in Munich. And I think that it was only alcohol-free uh, alcohol beer available inside the ground. I read then, that. Someone else said that on one of the WhatsApp groups. Yeah, um, similar thing. I could have swore that we could only... Yeah, we got pissed up royally in Munich with uh, now uh, an executive of a Premier League club who I had singing No One Likes Us, We Don't Care <laughs> on the train because we got because we got that steaming and the legendary football manager joined us and I uh, got him singing No One Likes Us, We Don't Care. I do admire that you're not name dropping here, Neil Fissler. That's 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 to your credit, mate. You're not name name. No, there's too much of it on Hoff, mate. Everybody's met somebody (laughs) famous. Yeah, if I yeah if I started reeling off famous people that I knew or or met, would make a different podcast. Be a bit less less less. less, uh, Yeah, like the Hollywood actor that I had a piss next to in the Super Bowl and things like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but we're not gonna. Yeah, but we're not. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to drop names here. Save that for the autobiography when it comes out. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Qatar, Qatar is, is is what it is. Um, I mean, I, I also tend. I mean, I suppose it's the last minute U-turn nature of say the alcohol, um, the, the the workers' rights thing that goes on out there. I mean. That's that's certainly something that um, leaves a, a sour taste in the mouth, to say the least. And and if you're one of those people that have suffered or died out there, then it might leave a bit more than that. But um, I think once the football begins, then a lot of these issues take a back seat. It's, it's the prelims that um, you know give us give us all these kind of. Uh, I don't have column inches anymore. You've got internet. You've got internet screens to finish up now. The, the days of column inches. Have have uh, gone. Let's talk about a bit of Millwall. We are sitting in sixth position as the World Cup dawns upon us, which is a pretty good position to be in. There were twenty games in. Um, we're heading up a bunch of teams on thirty-one points, um, but we are sitting in that golden sixth spot at the moment. I had this conversation the other day. This is a. It might not always feel have felt like it so far this season. It's a pretty good season so far by Mill standards, historically. Mate, I think at one stage we were looking down as opposed to looking up, weren't we? We were. We now, were. And now we're looking totally the opposite direction. It's uh, yeah, but the tops a lot nearer than the bottom, and then at one stage it looked vice versa. It's been a it's been a Millwall start to the season, hasn't it? Sometimes we've been absolutely brilliant. Then we'll go through patches of being absolutely awful. Then we'll hit back and be absolutely brilliant again. 
it's just typical bipolar Millwall, and it just sums up the beauty of football, really, doesn't it? That you know, you take last Saturday, yeah. uh, which still up after fifteen minutes. I phoned a mate of mine who's a Preston fan to tell him it's all going tits up at Deepdale for them. <laughs> uh, by the time we get off the phone, it's two two, <laughs> and then they give us. They pull our pants down and absolutely rumpers for an hour, and then we finish strongly and end up winning two nil. Oh, so so four two, four two and by two clear goals it, to spread. It, yeah, it just it's just the beauty of football, and it just sums up Millwall. I think that game encapsulates why we love football so much. I think the highs are being two nil up. Yeah, you're almost putting on your coat for the haters' arms at two two. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can only win one way, couldn't you last week? And then well, all it's... of a sudden, Bish Bang Bosh, we end up winning four two. Four two. Um, up to it. Thanks to some individual brilliance. Um, I mean, team teamwork combined with with um, individual brilliance. I mean, I think as as we're twenty games in, we can start to take a bit of a view of this this mill side. It remains. A team built on hard graft. <laughs> if we don't work hard, we're going to get beat. Um, but if we do work hard and we give players such as Zian, who is becoming very much the star of of this side, give him the, the opportunities and the space in which he can show off his talents and strengths, then you know we, we can we can match anyone. But if we if our work rate drops as it has done on occasions, you know, I'm, I'm going back to. Huddersfield result recently and, and others through the season, then um, we can easily be second best quite easily. So I, I think there's it's a very Millwall um, season in that sense. And the other point that just struck me as you were talking, Neil, is that if you look back at the the big promotion seasons that I've known in my time, I'm thinking back to you know 1988, for example, 75, 76, um, we, we didn't rip the divisions up for the, for long periods. I mean, it was both of those seasons, and I think even the, some of the playoff runs, you know, we were mid-table to the upper part for large chunks of it. It was indifferent, if you if you want to put it that way, and we came good in the second part of the season. And, you know, we've, we've, we've had some indifferent runs this season. I'm hoping that we press on from here when we come back after the, the World Cup, because that is a very Millwall way of achieving success. It doesn't always look you know, sparklingly brilliant in every game, if that makes sense. No, it's not clear-cut, is it? And will we like to make life difficult for ourselves? Certainly for do once, that, mate. Yeah, for once, you just hope that we can make life easy on ourselves. It just goes to show, it just gives Gary Rowett a bit of, and John Berylson and Steve Kavanagh a bit of a dilemma, really, because we'll be what, three, four weeks away from the transfer window opening? Oh, that's in right. January. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what do we do? What do we do? It's within, it's probably within touching distance, uh, the playoffs. And it's just a little bit further on the top two because it's that close. What are we, five, six points off top place, if that's... Burnley forty one. We're on. We're on thirty one. So it's ten points. Um, but 10 if you points. take Sheffield, Sheffield in second, then it's thirty eight to thirty one. So a couple of wins, and that changes completely, doesn't it? If if they if either those two teams hit poor form, certainly to be in the mix is down here. 
Both to come. Yeah, that's right. So those those will be, um, you know, hopefully, those will be crucial games for our season. Just um, looking at the this story that's uh, that you found on on the uh, London News this morning, Neil. Um, Mill boss Gary Rowett has no plans to lose top top goalkeeper Bartos Bielkowski, who's been obviously um, sitting on the bench in the last, well, since the since the current run of good form began. Actually, I mean this this is this is the truth of it. Football is a results business, Neil. And since we switched to Jules Long, who I think is a lesser shot stopper. But I think clearly has a better um, passing mind, a football mind, if that, whatever the expression you want. Our results have have, um, have improved, and you know that's that's a hard truth in 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 uh, top level football. It's not a place for sentiment. Um, this story is whether Bart will leave us in in the January transfer window. Well, I don't know. It depends on if he wants to play, and if yeah, there's all kinds of factors, aren't there? But to be honest, when Bart first lost his place. We were wondering, what on the earth has he done that for? Mm. And the reasons for it, in my view, were quite weak. That Bart doesn't shout enough. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, what on the earth is going on here? And you thought, well, it'll only be a game or two, and then Bart will be back in a normal service or resume. And it's been, what, 11, 12 games? And to be honest... You can't fault George Long in any of those 12 games, can't you? or 11, 12 games. Okay, he's made a couple of mistakes, but all goalkeepers do. So it just proves that Rabbit has got this unnerving knack this season of almost making the right decision at the right time. You think <laughs> of when he went to a flat back four, and look what's happened. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. we're flying up the table and... Uh, I must admit, we all did groan last Saturday when when he went his more favoured uh, three centre backs and two wing backs, but it actually worked for once. It actually it it was a spot on decision because it needed to be done. He's just got a knack this season, and I think that whenever he makes a decision in this second half of the season, I think the lesson is that we've got to trust him that. He isn't really doing too much wrong, is he? And if he thinks that George Long's a better goalkeeper than Bart Bierkowski, who are we to argue? He, he seems to be, he seems to have the mildest touch of the right decision, and that's got all the hallmarks of a promotion season, in my view. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, the, the, this story. I mean, Bart at thirty-five. I mean, for a goalkeeper, thirty-five is clearly towards the latter part of, of his career. So he, I imagine he would want regular first-team football. I think he's good enough to demand that from a, um, a career point of view, Neil. I, I think, you know, sitting on the bench, he's too good to be a, uh, a second, um, you know, a go-to rather than the first choice. And if he's not going to get that at Millwall, it seems, as, as you've touched on there, that with the results improving and... We, we look a lot stronger defensively now, collectively, rather than previously. Um, the numbers do the talking in the end. Um, and I think that Bart will certainly want first-team football. Um, but Gary Rowett is saying he doesn't want to lose him, but then he's also out of contract at the end of the season. So um, that may come into play. I, I don't know. It's a it's a developing story, I think, as, as they say um, in the business. So we'll, we'll have to keep tabs on that. But, yeah, I, I would make about it nick mm. is the if you're in a position that we're in now you want your strongest team and your strongest bench 
Yeah. The last yeah. thing we want to do is to let Bart leave in January. And then the next week, the transfer window closes. And then yeah. George Long gets injured. And we're yeah. scrambling around for either a free agent or... On the kids, yeah. Yeah, or we're having to play Ryan Sanford in yeah. goal. We call him from wherever he is, Weymouth, isn't it? I think and he's a non-league, yeah. yeah. yeah Playing and putting an untested goalkeeper in there. Yeah, well, part of me, part of me actually thinks, yeah, we'll let him go because he's probably on a nice whack and that would free up some wages, maybe get some money into the building that we could put into the pot towards what we desperately need, and that's a centre-forward and maybe a winger, somebody to play on the on you know, on the left. I don't think we're too far off. I don't think we need bundles of players. I think we just need two quality players, don't we, and two decent-ish players. We are close. Um, I do agree yeah. that, um, yeah, you, you know, you want the strongest bench you can possibly have. Um, if that means that we, I suppose, it's weighing up with the value of Bart if, if we transfer him for money in January as against letting his contract run out and we lose him for nothing in, in the summertime. If that's if that happens or were to happen, on the, it may not even happen with us promotion season. If that's, you know, if, if, if we do make it, then um, all bets are off, aren't they? Um, it's, as I say, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, it's whether Bart sees himself as being happy enough to be a bench warmer at, uh, at the then largely um, until the end of the season. We'll, we'll see. Certainly, we are close, and there are areas of the of the side that could. We just need to up it. We 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 need to start scoring more goals, don't we? And that's that's going to be um, he says on the back of a full goal uh, away win last weekend. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Achtung, Mailball. Achtung, Achtung, Christmas is a coming, dear listeners. And to quote Richard Chaplow, 26 appearances, nine son, one goal. As he once said, you cannot beat a good board game. And we've got a good board game for you here. Achtung has teamed up with a tremendous football trivial pursuit style game called Pundit. You can follow Pundit at Pundit Games on Twitter. And it's a really nice little game, actually. It's a board game. It consists of football trivia questions, easy and hard. Some of the hard ones are very, very hard. And you move along a football pitch to score goals against your opponent it will suit the football head in your life, dear listeners. Great way to pass a Christmas afternoon. You can get a 10% discount if you visit punditgames.co.uk. at P-U-N-D-I-T-G-A-M-E-S, punditgames.co.uk. Get a 10% discount at checkout with the code LIONS in capital letters. LIONS, capital letters. And every sale will benefit the Lions Food Hub. Um, what a better way to pass your Christmas than to enjoy a good football trivia game and to know you're doing good at the same time. So get on it. Punditgames.co.uk Achtung, Mailball. Um, there was a couple of interesting league tables that we've exchanged now on our WhatsApp group there. Um, first one that I found was this... Um, it's a league table listeners composed of the average away following. So how many fans do clubs take away with them for, you know, in the, in the championship this season. And it's, it's interesting because I wouldn't have, it wasn't intuitively, I wouldn't have put us at the bottom of the table, but we are bottom of the average away following 702 on average have followed the lines away from home. Um, And the highest in the table is Burnley who take an average of 2,500. Um, away and I was trying to think the reasons why that might be because we we do travel in numbers where um, the, the, maybe the match situation demands it or uh, there was one game I think our lowest away attendance was Rotherham away which was a midweek long northern trip on the back of a double header with Blackburn on the Saturday so you got to then talk about a Wednesday night trip up to Rotherham I think London sides I don't know if you'd agree with this. Um, Regional sides tend to have inbuilt support in, in London because people have come here for working reasons and, and, and economic reasons, whereas it tends not to be so much for the London sides in Midlands, Northern, Western, wherever you want to go around the country. I don't think that helps us. But then again, I'm just looking at QPR here, and they're, they're eighth in the away league table of 1,643 on um, in, in, in that. So it's, it's an interesting table i mean we've never been a big club numbers wise have we i suppose it's it's that fundamentally i i think it's a bit of a pointless table to be quite frank uh if yeah. you look we've had four four long away games midweek haven't it's we? a very northern league this year as well yep. as well for us it's a very yeah. northern league you look at it you, you mentioned rotherham i think we've had what Swansea away midweek? Did we have Burnley away midweek as well? I think um, we did. Yeah, I think we, we did. We got Sunderland take... on a 
twelve thirty kickoff when we come back. We? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got Sunderland at a twelve thirty kickoff when we normally would take a few with the World Cup on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the World Cup, we have Norwich City away on a Friday night that was live on Sky. Yeah, uh, I think that's a contributing factor. The other big contributing factor is I think people have got out of the habit of going to away games. Uh, COVID yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I have. People, yep. There's a cost of living crisis. There's been train strikes. uh, And all of this contributes towards people prioritising other things. And and I think away games are one of those things that have fallen by the wayside. I, I, I. And I also think it doesn't help us that we have all of the restrictions placed upon us. No, I think you've either no. got to be a season ticket holder or a club member. So gone are the days you think, ah, oh, quite fancy going to Rotherham on a Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah. But you haven't got a season ticket, you haven't got a membership. So unless you know somebody that can buy you a seat, uh, uh, a ticket for the game, yeah. you can't go. And these places, I don't know, do they do pay on the day? But yeah, I should imagine it wouldn't. It wouldn't affect that many. It probably wouldn't affect up. that many. No, I, I think the logistics of it are the, are the thing. Yeah. Um, I just think I there's mean, a lot of contributing factors. And we haven't had any of our local games yet, have we? We haven't had uh, no. We haven't had Watford. We haven't had Luton. We Queen's Park Rangers. No. We take a fair few too. Um, West Brom, we haven't had them yet. And we're going to take oodles up there just to abuse ferret face, aren't we? <laughs> I think um, I, I, one thing I would say, and I, I, my, my reply to, to Neil when I sent this leak, I, I will stick it out with the show notes of this 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 edition, listeners. It's, it's on the one hand interesting, on the other hand, for me, meaningless, because when I was watching the uh, Preston stream, um, you could really clearly loudly hear uh the traveling mill support so it might be low numbers but it's a quantity versus quality thing for me because you always know you always know when Millwall fans are in the stadium um and you can't always say that with many of the higher numbers that you see from these other sides so um there it is that's average away following so far um 22-23 season but um it will be interesting to see how that finishes at the end of the season um just and it's a linked table i found here as well this is on the 72 uh twitter site listeners however long twitter lasts that seems to be on its last legs from what i keep reading on, online today um this is travel distances the teams have to travel the furthest in champ in the championship to go to an away game so this is like an average um total miles to all of the other um clubs in the league so more in that league table also at two for eighth in terms of length of travel, um, the team that has the least travelling miles is Birmingham with 2,489. And the top team, the one that travels the most, is Swansea with uh, just short of 5,000 miles in terms of total travel distance. Um, so we have, I think it's a, well, that's one of the contributing factors that uh, you've, you've touched on there. And it was just a sheer amount of northern, long northern trips played at um, often very, very unfriendly times and days of the week for us we do seem to get a lot of that i must, I must say yeah but let's be honest if you yeah but if you're driving anywhere 
from southeast London up north, you've got to get through bloody London to to even to even. It's get a big thing, yeah. Haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> that takes hours on its own. Double You've got to give yourself an hour to cross London one way or the other, and that's that's on the on the short side, you know. Um, so yeah, all of these are contributory contributory factors. Achtung, Mailball. Um, in terms of home um, attendance, I mean, again, I found another one here. This is uh, the, the football web pages. This is a league table of average home attendances, listeners, and we're. We are low in now. I mean, the, the size of the stadium is, is what it is. We are in 18th position in terms of home attendances in, in the championship. Top of the table are Sunderland with an incredible 38,000 average home attendance. <laughs> and they've got a stadium to accommodate it now. And they're a big club, aren't they? I mean, Sunderland are one of them. It, they've been lower than they really should be for some years now. Um, but that's an incredible uh, home average home attendance, 38,000 for Sunderland. And 10,000 behind them in second place is Sheffield United on 28,000. Kind of hard for a team like Millwall to compete with those numbers because we are who we are. And i um, not sure we'd always want it in, any differently. But in that table, yeah, we're, we're 18th. Bottom of the, of the attendance league table is Luton Town with 9,700. Um, just below Rotherham on 10,200. Um, 38,000 is quite, quite an average attendance at home, isn't it? Mate, 13,000 for us isn't bad, considering that... 14,000, just short of 14,000. Yeah, considering that we don't get large away followings, do we? Uh, for some unknown well, reason, no. somebody will well, take 5,000 to Charlton down the road, and then the next away game, they'll bring 500 to Millwall. It still yeah. Got that. Isn't there we're, that it's unsafe? We're higher than um, higher than Blackburn. Um, Blackburn thirteen thousand six hundred and sixty-one. Um, we're we're thirteen thousand nine hundred and fifty-six on this table. Um, as I say, footballwebpages.co.uk. I presume it's accurate. I've got no reason to disbelieve it. And we're not far behind QPR um, on fourteen thousand three hundred twenty-one. So there's about three hundred um, fans on average in in that. I mean, this season, uh, attendances have been high. I mean, I know a lot of us, I, I, I found myself moaning, Neil, at the, uh, when the, 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 uh, they had like an open day um, approach. Tickets were being sold off cheap. We had a huge number of European and, and American fans in, in the house recently. And um, you do get a bit defensive about your little bit of the ground being suddenly filled up with non-traditional Millwall fans. But that's the way that we're going to progress. And... Um, that's that's what you have to 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 to, to swallow in the end if we're going to make it. That's that's the route that we're going to do it. And um, what well, to be you know, honest it's... about that, Nick? An empty seat doesn't earn you any revenue. No, don't sell any beer. Don't sell any anything, does it? And no. and yeah, well, let's be honest. If we were to sell the upper tier of the away end to tourists on those cheap tickets, yeah. Uh, you're going to get the revenue for the tickets. You're going to get the refreshments. And the one yeah. thing your Johnny Foreigner does like, they do like raping the club shop. Yeah. For all the <laughs> scarves. They love a scarf. Yeah. They love scarves. Some people will buy shirts. They'll buy whatever tat is in there. And I believe there's not a lot of tat to be had in the, 
in the Millwall <laughs> Club shop if you believe what you read on Hoff and places okay. like that. These people, they do love a souvenir. And <laughs> you're going to get, you're going to get them spending their own body weight in money, aren't you? Because they will Which is go what it's all about. Uh, yeah. And it's all about the bottom line. So as much as we want to moan, I think it's I think it's a tremendous idea that Millwall have uh, suddenly got involved in, and the, yeah, but that's as the hashtag says, fill the den. Fill the den. That's how you're going to do it. I mean, it does exploit our location close to the central part of town. Um, it's an asset that we have, and let's let's make use of it. It it does um, it does bring out the Millwall fan in us all um, when it's it's full of um, non traditional. But that's how you get new fans. So yeah, um, there we are. My cat's just walked across the computer list, and so apologies if you get any interference or um, uh, she had a quick chew of the of the uh, headphones that I'm wearing as well. So if you get any kind of cat interference, apologies for that. Um, this is a story yeah, I found that on that other podcast, would they? On one of their lives, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Probably wouldn't get on any, any professional setup, really, would you? Probably wouldn't get the, 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 the household <laughs> pet walking in on you. But there we are. This is not a professional setup, isn't it? I found this is an interesting little story, and it's one that um, it kind of dawned on me as, as I was reading. It's from Football League World 34 yellows from Millwall this season, no red cards. Um, I think we had, a, I thought we had a red card. Um, but I'm wondering whether that was in in the um, the Carabao Cup. Uh, we we did um, was it Styles yeah, got George sent Honeyman off? got sent off, didn't he? Yeah, but that was a, I think George that was a cup game. So yeah, so we're yeah. talking about um, league games here. But anyway, 34 yellows, zero reds. Um, so they're just basically doing an article, stretches of the article a little bit, listeners on on the, what a good disciplinary record. But this is a key point, and I think it comes back, Neil to that much maligned figure, Gary Rowick. He has instilled a a very um, disciplined approach on – disciplined, disciplined, if you like, um, because, you know, if you're not losing players with, with red cards then and you're keeping 11 on the pitch, you've got a stronger chance. And I think that's that's to his credit as well. God knows how we keep 11 on the pitch when, uh, when Jake Cooper <laughs> picks up his mandatory yellow card after about two or three minutes for rugby tackling somebody, but then manages, <laughs> but then manages to get through the rest of the game without any further mishap. I think if you look back over Rabbit's reign at the club, uh, I don't think we've had very many red cards at all. Maybe one or two in a, no. No. in. in in the championship, yet before they seem to be quite a regular occurrence, didn't they? We were getting four or five a season. Yeah, so. I think it was red cards tend to be born of frustration, don't they? And you know, obviously, if if, if you're not doing well or the team's not playing well, then that's where you start to draw. Often the double yellow card can uh, can do you in in that in that way. But no, I, I mean you've got to take your hat off to that that uh, statistic. Mill apparently twenty second in the league in. Uh, in terms of uh, the highest being at the top in that in that in that, um, in that sense, Sheffield United. Well, it be the uh, other way around. Shouldn't I would put it the be... other way around, but I'm not a statistician. But this is how they've done it on this. I think the way they were done it, by yeah. a vermin fan. This isn't it that just determined to see Millwall near the bottom of every league. <laughs> 
I had to laugh. I mean, we've already touched on it off air, listeners, but I, I put out a hypothetical question about, um, and we'll come on to it, actually. Let's come on to the training ground. Let's come on to that now, because um, there's a story that Millwall have uh, received the go-ahead by the planning consent by Seven Oaks and the Secretary of State has not objected to the development of the West Kingsdown training ground um, project which is going to be directly next door to Brands Hatch motor racing circuit for anyone that knows the area right on the M20 M25 ish I think um so this is this is good news um we can develop this site and hopefully um get away from Calmont Road which is uh, seen as rather primitive by modern standards and develop a, a more professional 2022 uh, training ground out there in the Kent countryside um I, I made the point. Uh, there's, a, there's a question I put. We've touched on it on a few times over over the years, which is: is this the precursor to a more general relocation of of, of the of the club outwards? I mean, it's not the first time it's been mooted. Um, in fact, the club itself, um, when we had that Lewisham battle back in 2017, were were, were strongly implying that you know if if we didn't get the planning consents that we needed at the den um that that would be a factor that might drive the club away from the area I, um so i just put a question online and it, the, the reaction was was incredibly strong against moving away from uh, bermondsey which didn't surprise me because i think it would be a terrible idea myself but the uh, the vehemence with which some people <laughs> express their views <laughs> It's you, you much, takes your breath away. <laughs> yeah, well, you had your leg slapped and you were placed on the naughty step by the gatekeeper of uh, <laughs> yeah, of all things Millwall. Yeah, Mister. I know that he will be listening to this. So, so I, I, I hasten to add. I don't think it's a good idea, listeners. I was only putting it out there to see how many others thought it would be a terrible idea. Really, someone bloke accused me of putting clickbait online, but. Clickbait is when you <laughs> when it takes you to um it takes you to an advert. They're trying to sell. I, I don't try and sell people anything. It was just a question. I thought it might make a talking point when we did our show today, Neil. But anyway, seventy five percent thought it was a terrible idea. Out of a thousand what? plus replies, it's a terrible idea. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, say seventy five percent thought it was a terrible idea. Seventy five percent said it was a terrible idea. I think I'll, I'll get it. It's about over a thousand, about eleven hundred responses. Incredibly. Yeah, well, that's not bad um, actually. Considering you've only got no. about eight hundred followers. Seventy five percent of seventeen hundred ninety nine votes. How about that, listeners? The power of the internet said it's a terrible idea. This this hypothetical. What what would what would you think of it as a move to the Dartford area? As a, Seventy-five uh, percent said terrible idea. Twelve percent, interestingly, said a good idea. I, I, I don't know that it'd be a good idea to move to to Dartford. Um, neutral six percent don't care. Seven percent. I mean, I think you, online you get a lot of um, people from other. How can clubs. somebody not it, care? How can somebody not care? Don't it's care. Seven percent uh, neutral. Everybody neutral on it. Thought, yeah, we can see why some people thought it was a good idea. Yeah, to be fair, I, you can. Yeah, there would yeah, be we, there would be logical reasons for it if you looked at it yeah, neutrally as a business. It'd be you a know, terrible um, idea. Millwall is a London club. It's bad enough that we have to play away from Millwall that <laughs> we can't play. <laughs> it's yeah, it's emotionally it's emotionally a terrible idea. Emotionally a terrible idea. Um, yeah, but in every sense, it's a terrible idea. You look at the clubs down that way. 
Gillingham don't get any fans. Yeah. No, who would want to travel out to Dar- to Brands Hatch oh, to watch it? I mean, it, yeah, would, it would yeah. stop stop Brands largely Hatch. stop me going now. I, I yeah, couldn't see I me driving. Go, not that I really go anyway, being based down here. Yeah. But it but it would mean that when I do come up, I wouldn't come up. Yeah, no, because no. we're a London club. Yeah, and we're central. And like, yep. as we've just touched on, we're central. We're, we're not far. We're close enough to the likes of London Bridge and the Underground and. Uh, you know, you can get there and hopefully if they Same develop way. this Surrey Canal um, overground station that we keep talking about, then that will make it easier still. But um, no, I mean, I just wanted to say, I think it's a terrible idea, listeners. Anyone that it's people were talking... It's a terrible idea, but... <laughs> people replied to me like I was proposing it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, that's the thing. We've got gatekeeper fans, haven't we, and some aren't the brightest. <laughs> yeah, uh, but... But... It is a yeah, but it's an awful idea. But it's a talking point, yeah. It's a talking point, yeah. And That's well, a different thing. Isn't it? On there, we're going to discuss this at the weekend on our weekend show. You might yeah. actually got away with it, to be honest. I didn't get away with it. I got roasted. <laughs> I got slaughtered yeah, you did, for once. And it's normally <laughs> me that gets the, that gets a Twitter abuse while Nick uh, ambles his way through Saint through Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> but Saint Nicholas, yeah. Saint Nicky Hart, Elvis impersonator. But water for that effect, mate. Come back onto the main point. It's a great idea that the Secretary of State has not called it in. I suspect the Secretary of State has got other things on their mind. You'd hope so. <laughs> You'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a fantastic it idea. It will be a yeah. brand spanking new facility that I think you need it in the championship or even in, you certainly need it in the Premier League, but you can't afford to to stand still. And I think at Claremont Road is probably one of the worst training facilities I would imagine. Uh, certainly in the championship, it would definitely be, <laughs> yeah, it would be like Sunday morning standard in the Premier League when you go to like the Etihad campus and yeah, Spurs training ground and things like that. So you need it for the club to progress, and I think that's part of the John Berylson legacy. Uh, I, I think that whenever you leave a club, you want to leave it in a better state, don't you? And I think that John is recognised. John, John will do that. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think obviously to have a, a modern, there's a certain standard expected, and the model that everyone aims for are the, the the standards that are achieved at the very biggest, largest. Premier League clubs, the Arsenal's and the Spurs and, and, and United City, all the rest of them. That's what we 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 have to aspire toward. Whether we'll achieve that, I hope that we'll get something that is at least competitive with this um, training ground. Um, someone made an interesting, sent me an interesting DM message. I think it was Kevin Fuller, and I, I can't find it as I'm trying to uh, look at it. But uh, they made the point about the amount of local South London talent that we haven't retained or. Um, that slip through our net to go to other clubs, because South London is is a hotbed of um, footballing talent, Neil. And you really do think that Millwall, maybe this will be where we get to with this training ground that we start. We should retain a bit more of it than what we've always managed to achieve in the past. There might be many reasons to why uh, youngsters have chosen to go on, and obviously the pull of the Premier League is is always what it is, but. 
Um, I'm really hoping that we'll find and retain more local talent because it's out there and it's it's on our doorstep and we're not keeping enough of it, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I think that there's a Netflix documentary, isn't there? Yeah, they call it can, the, the Concrete Catalonia, they call it or something. Or something like, or it's something to do with south of the river. I think the biggest problem is you have the likes of Manchester United, Manchester mm. City, and that they're allowed to set up satellite uh, academies, aren't they? In yeah. 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 You're not allowed to, there's some obscure ruling that you can't, that you're supposed to have your main academy and you can only recruit within a wider period but you can actually have satellite academies based in london and i think that that's what they do and they've their scouting resources are huge aren't they and we found it last year well this summer didn't we zach lovelace uh, yeah got that's right up uh, by Glasgow Rangers, uh, we should be producing, and we are producing some tremendous talent, aren't we? I think our under twenty three. Well, the under twenty one side is the mark of that. Yeah, uh, another great yeah. result the other day. It was on 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 the on the uh, TV stream. Yeah. The uh, Mill TV um, stream. Got yeah. Danny Mac, although I think he joined us when he was quite older, didn't he? Uh, uh, certainly, Billy Mitchell, I think, has come through the system. Interestingly, yes. Billy Mitchell's brother. He's playing for the spotters. How does that work? Charlton, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, talented family. Talented family. Um, so something's was... gone askew, but you do want to produce your own players. But if it comes down to it, for like Jaden Sancho, I think he's a Lewisham boy, isn't he? Southern I believe boy, he is. somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've either got Millwall or you've got Manchester City offering to buy... <laughs> Sancho family, a brand new house at the age of whatever yeah. it is. A Sixteen or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fourteen move them up to Manchester as they do. They put them through private education and things like that. You haven't got a lot of hope there, have you? The, the no, no, no. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll, we'll always be looking for the for the crumbs that fall from the table, so to speak. Um, I think this this training ground development is is great news, just to be upfront and open on where where I stand of it. Um, and I'm hoping that it will enable us to, you know, even if it maybe calling them crumbs is a, is, a, is disrespectful. I don't mean it to be, but certainly to retain and improve and polish the talent that we do. And as you said there, Neil, we are finding it because the under twenty one team. Are doing so well this season. So, um, well are done we to Millwall Football Academy Club. Away? Oh, well, we're going to move the academy down there because we've got an academy set up somewhere or other. Um, I don't know. Um, we've, we've certainly been... invested a lot of um, we've invested a lot of time and effort and resources in like the community scheme and so on. They've done a lot of work with Seven Oaks Council down that way. So. I, it's um you know it, a lot of a lot has been put into this and hence hence my question online the other day listeners i think if you put that amount of time and effort and uh capital into into something then you you wonder what else might be going with it but i have to add that i have no and i've not heard nothing from the club at any stage that there's any plans to pick up mill fc and move it anywhere else other than remain in south berms long may that continue dear listeners 
Achtung, Mehlball. Scheme, listeners, um, I've seen this on the official site. I thought I'd just give it a shout out because I think, uh, and well done to Milk, because there's a scheme called Wrap Up London. This is where um, people are homeless, street, um, you know, people living on the street. There's too many of those around, you see everywhere, um, are being given coats ahead of the oncoming winter, cold winter. Um, so it's a, a scheme to donate um, heavy, decent winter coats if you have any. Um, that you don't wear anymore, maybe they've had their day, but would still do a job for somebody who has nothing. Um, the club have given um, last season's bench coats, which would be the Macron um, branded ones, so we're not using those anymore. They've been given over to this charity. Um, the community trust will collect coats if you have anything, or if you you know if you want to give one away, then the community scheme will take it in. Um, I just think it's a great scheme. It's the kind of thing that we do so well. It's part of a wider London-wide scheme. And if you're going to chuck away any old gear, what better way to um, give it to a good cause than wrap up London? So I just wanted to give that a shout out. Thanks for reminding me on that. That was below my, um, it's off my screen that I'm looking at here. So wrap up London. Take it into the, um, all your old Stone Island and Millwall, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't I said do I yeah well, I said, uh, doesn't she do a similar she thing? does stuff like that I think that's for, for yeah for, for the veterans so, I think the home servicemen sleeping rough um yeah and there's does. a lot of it there's a lot of yeah. it out there and it's very sad so if you do have any gear I mean Aisha I think does do that I don't know if that's linked in with with this or if it's a separate thing um this is from the mill community trust and their name their scheme is wrap up london there is a story on the on the main website to, on the club website to have a look at um if you want to get some more details on that i just think it's a good good cause great cause yeah one thing i did uh, which came to my attention was uh who uh who uh mr Afobi is rubbing shoulders with in dubai because obviously I think that Gary Rowett has given the players uh, this week off, and I think we go back in for training next week. And uh, Ben right. Kofobi has gone to Dubai. Fair play to him. It's probably a bit warmer than it is. A bit warmer there than it is here. Yeah, well, well done, Bennett. Who's he with out there? What's, 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 what's his social life looking like? Mario Barrett Balotelli. What a signing that would be down at Millwall. Well, we want the striker. Yeah. Let's get Mario Balotelli. Mario Balotelli. Why always me? Oh, mate. Can you, could you actually imagine that guy kicking it off down at Millwall? Fill like, the den. Fill the den. That would fill the den, wouldn't it? If Balotelli took mate, the field wearing the, the blue absolutely shirt. Absolutely wow. brilliant. Mario Balotelli going off at one and whipping the crowd up. Can you imagine the division of opinion on Hoff? <laughs> yeah, but if you, yeah, but if you did... didn't want, yeah, but if you only wanted a packet of fruit pastels a week and didn't want to see all the pages, <laughs> yeah, but I think if we actually pulled off that signing, we would have to name a toilet after Aldo, wouldn't we? A toilet. Well, then there. we would. If yeah, it... I think he deserves well, well, well it. Well done, at least. Well done, Benick. Put a word in with Mario Balotelli. That would be some some coup if um, if he were to come back. Whether that fits in with Mr. Rowett's plans for a highly disciplined thirty no no red card season will be another matter. Um, I did see Zian Fleming. You're right about the, the players having the week off. Uh, he's gone out to Egypt 
And he's an intelligent boy, listeners. He's taken his girlfriend to the Great Pyramid of Giza in Egypt. They're, they've got pictures of them looking at the hieroglyphics and the structure of the, the Great Pyramids, um, where, where some of some of our boys might be having it large in the uh, the Falaraki nightclubs. Zian, multilingual Zian, is looking at ancient Egyptology, and I take my hat off. That's my kind of player. I love Zian Flynn. It's nice. Um, it's all you know what I say to that? You know what I say to that? Not the Millwall I know. <laughs> no, seriously. It, 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 yeah, no, but it's just great if if yeah, if one thing this this break has given Gary Rowett, it is the ability just for the players to finish up Preston on Friday yeah. night. Yeah, and get some sun. Yeah, take it easy. And then just to fly off somewhere. And just to yeah. relax for for a week to ten days. Okay, it means that we've had to waffle on for fifty-four minutes about <laughs> absolute nothing and the and the London news on uh, uh, yeah, but the news at Den has been filling it. It's full of uh, stories of nothing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's trying to get you to click on championship expert whoever he is and never heard of him so he can't be that much of an expert there's just no news around so it's uh, there's nothing no I think den, isn't it? i saw a story on the news at den where somebody had gone through twitter and had lifted a few stories off twitter and they've reported that as a as a as a story on on their own website um i think it was reaction to to zian fleming scoring his hat i thought that's, that's desperate <laughs> that's desperate stuff, isn't it? That's the, the the kind of sports journalism there. We'll save that up for another another podcast, another day, mate. Um, as you say, we've done fifty five minutes out of very very thin gruel, listeners. If you hope, I hope you liked it. Do let me know if you didn't like it, and um, we'll direct you off to Elon Musk or someone to to their complaints procedure to get back to you. Um, huge thank you to take time out of your day, Neil. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, no, it's good, mate. It's good. Let's flag up also that we're going to try something next week, I think, aren't we? We're going to try... A history show. Yeah, a history show on Twitter spaces. Um, Yeah, we're going to give that a go. We don't know how it'll work, but it'll be... Well, we've got... Well, we've got a subject that we want to talk about. Uh, But... yeah. Yeah, but it won't be how we're doing, and it won't be about this season, but it'll be... We yeah, we'll be discussing an aspect of history. If there's anybody that's got a history query, or a, you yeah, want log to on to one of your favourite players, you want to know what they're up to, or or you want to know how many goals somebody scored, get involved. But it will be history. It's not going to be. We're not going to go over old ground with uh, with no Harry. no. Kind of thing. The, the, the beauty of the um, the beauty of Twitter Spaces, I've I've found, uh, it has its strong points and it has its less strong points. The 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 beauty of it is that you can get people coming that you wouldn't otherwise ever have spoken to. And I spoke to um, a couple, a few people actually, and we've done two of them now between us, Neil. Um, those live shows, and you do get to talk to people that you know you weren't aware of, and that's that's its strong suit. I think yeah, it we've got that be... American woman who liked to. Jimmy yeah, Darby. Nielsen, yeah, yeah. Shout Madness. out to Darby, and we've had others, you know. Madness. And that's the bit that I like. Um, it's it's quite hard to produce what I would hope 
to produce, which is, a, a, you know, someone might laugh at me when I say this, but try, try, try and produce a polished um, listen so that you can listen to it when you're when you're out driving, in the gym, wherever, walking, whatever you're doing. Um, and it sounds reasonably coherent and professional. That's, my, that's what I believe you, you should aim to produce. I think if you just load it on straight, then it can, this can be pauses and ums and ahs and you're stumbling and people talking over each other. Um, that's what I believe needs to be edited out in a podcast. That's that's you know um, that's what you need to do. And I will carry on doing that, and I make no apologies to that because I think it produces a better listen for listeners at the end of it. But it's you know in the moment, obviously when you're live, you can't help but um, you get bits and pieces like that. When you do the recorded version, you can edit all that out and make a smoother listen. So anyway, come back to us next week, listeners, when we do our history show. As Neil says, it's going to be an interesting excursion into Twitter spaces. Let's hope Twitter still exists because <laughs> it sounds like it's falling to bits <laughs> faster than the Ian Holloway season when he was in charge of Millwall. But anyway, we'll see. Huge thank you to Neil Fister. Thank you to you two, dear listeners. Until the next edition, it's Arrivederci Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.